At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night. And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. I have not. Summer heat never treats me kind, at least trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice, and I'll see you at another time. Saying this highway. Does not know my name and I don't care. No, I don't care. Headed my way for another place and I got three good tires right to the dang hook right here. Just a wide line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Low budget live, not so live, right here coming to you for Monday, August 31st, and that is a song written by me, performed by me, called Biloxi Blues. If you were new to the low budget live program and you were hearing that for the first time, it's an old song, it's an oldie, I wrote it. I sang it, I recorded it into yonder microphone years ago. A lot of people ask about that. Spotify, iTunes, it's where you can get it. And if you were listening to this program for the first time, you are now a lowlifer. Congratulations, that is what the listeners of this fine program, that's what they call themselves, the lowlifers. So welcome to all lowlifers. Whether you want to be one or not, you're, you're a lowlifer now. So congratulations on that. We are broadcasting today from the low-budget live bar and grill in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. And I have to say, it's, it's, been, a, uh, it's been a rocky weekend weather-wise in, in southern middle Tennessee coming off the weekend. And we had a velvet deer hunt. Where are all, hunt- all my hunters at? And I got to archery hunt this weekend for big velvet bucks, and I've got one in particular I've been trying to hunt. It's close to my house, and Hurricane Laura showed up here. After it devastated most of the country, we got it on Friday and Saturday. It gave us a lot of rain for Lake Teresa, so we are very, very, very thankful for that. More video updates to come on Lake Teresa because it's changed since the one you guys saw last week. But... 
made it a little difficult to deer hunt, to say the least, and had a couple encounters with my deer that I've been trying to uh, put on lockdown with the bow and arrow, but I uh, never did get it done. As they say, it's all hunting shows. We always able to come in here, you know, and uh, get it done. Well, I'm just hoping this afternoon we can just get it done. Every hunting show ever. So, didn't get it done. Didn't get it done. Didn't uh, didn't kill the uh, the deer. So, got I sweat. You know, I sweated a lot. I lost probably forty pounds. Doesn't look like it, but I lost some uh, lost some weight. <laughs> I feel like sitting in a pop up blind, which is equivalent of a tent, for basically like ten hours on Saturday. And it was 95 degrees. You, you, you couldn't make it up how much I was sweating, drinking that water, eating them snacks. But, boy, it was uh, it was not worth it. Um, I shouldn't say that. It I, I really I got in the blind an hour before daylight every morning. It's just like a really – being in the woods and the twilight, you know, as everything starts to come to life, it's one of my favorite experiences in life. Like, I love being on the water early in the morning like that. But being in the woods and you – it's almost like a – like a backstage behind the scenes look at what goes on. Everything starts kind of coming to life at the same time. It's really, it's really as peaceful. And I was lucky to uh, get to do that three mornings, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for this deer hunt. Looking forward to the rest of the deer season. I loved archery hunt and, and that was fun. So all you, all you deer hunters out there that listen to LBL, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. You start getting the itch this time of year. And we now have this August season. It's the first time I've ever participated in it. It was hot. It was hot. But uh, thankful I got to do that this weekend, spend some time, you know, doing things other than fishing. Sometimes, sometimes you got to do that. So thanks to the triple threat for putting up with me for being in a blind all weekend, too. Uh, she had some things she wanted to do, and we didn't get those done. <laughs> so over again, always over. Just like I owe the fine folks at StarTron, StarTron, Starbright, bringing you low budget life. Look at that. You just, we open every show, we shake that StarTron bottle. But StarBright making great cleaning products for your bass boat, your RV, your daggum, whatever. Your center console, they make a ton of different, if you get on their website, you're going to be like, they make all this? Yes. Uh, But StarTron specifically right here is another brand of theirs where it's an enzyme fuel treatment, kicking ethanol right in the teeth. You don't want ethanol in your weed eater, in your chainsaw, in your lawnmower affecting your outboard motor because nothing ruins a good day on the water like a motor that won't run. So use you some StarTron, a little dab will do you. This bottle right here treats 256 gallons. What did you say, Luke? I said 256 gallons. That's one bottle. They sell this everywhere. You can get it wherever. Tractor Supply, Wally World, Bass Pro Shops, True Value Hardware, everywhere, everywhere you can get it. Lots of places, Auto Zones. I believe, those kind of places. But you can get it just about anywhere. Look for that blue bottle. And when you go up to the counter, just shake it in their face like that. Star trying, bringing you Low Budget Life for almost three years now. We really appreciate those guys. Uh, a major, major player in Low Budget Live's life. So we thank those guys. We thank those guys. Thankful for all of you for watching the Lake Teresa. Uh, several of you watched the Lake Teresa update where I'm building my own. My dad and I and my brother are building our own trophy bass lake in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. And we named it after my mother, Lake Teresa, so we can always honor her and think about her. Really cool farm. Hope you, If you didn't see it, go check the video out. It's the last one on the page. It, it's 
but I've got more to come, man. It, it's already changed so much from that video. If you watched that video, it has changed exponentially with Hurricane Laura. And so super, super excited about that. We got some water. We got some water. So the next video update is going to be really cool. And then uh, the, the third video in the series, y'all are going to be like, holy crap. <laughs> the difference, the difference a few, a few, really a few days in between shooting those videos makes is, is uh, so incredible. So can't wait for y'all to see that. You'll see that very, very soon. I uh, also want to say real quick before I jump into this whole bass fishing world, we got a good guest today. A good guest. A repeat offender, if you will, for the low-budget, low-lifers out there. Y'all know him well. One of the biggest names in fishing. Going to give us a little time today, we hope, on his drive back from the big-time FLW title event up there at Sturgeon Bay. But I wanted to say really fast that we, we, us, lowlifers, are going to have some merch very soon. And I just wanted to drop that in there. I get a lot of comments, hats, shirts, what you got, what you got, what you got. I am very lazy when it comes to that, and I have never really sought that out. And and lucky for me, the fine folks at Six Cents are going to help me with that, and they're, and they're doing that right now. And I actually got to approve some logos for some patch hats this past Friday, I guess. Super jacked about it. Can't wait. So there'll be a website. You guys can go get them there and put your money where your mouth is, dang it. You asked for the hats. We'll be doing some giveaways with that kind of stuff as well. Uh, Going to definitely do a, a giveaway. When I hit 11,000 on YouTube, which is coming soon, I'm going to do a big giveaway for you low lifers. Like that's something specifically that I want to do because I thank each and every one of you. But be on the lookout for that. Very, very soon. A lot of actually be on the lookout for a lot of big news. I know we announced the MPFL thing last week, and I'm super stoked about that. But I, I've got a lot of things cooking right now that I, I, I may end up homeless when my wife keeps, kicks me out for all these things I'm, I'm taking on. But uh, some big news potentially coming for the podcast. Some big news. So just hang on. We're we're talking. We're talking about some things right now. Moving on. I'm going to try to get through this. That's uh, so why I wanted to kind of get the housekeeping out of the way at the beginning of the episode, like always. But this next one's going to be something very hard for me to talk about. Y'all know that this is very therapeutic for me uh, to come on here with an open, open microphone and just roll. It means a lot to me to be able to do that. Week after week after week. And the fishing world lost somebody huge on Sunday. Huge. Uh, And most of you don't know him. A lot of people in the know, a lot of people in the industry knew him well. I knew him very well because I got to call him a friend. And, and for a very long time, I, I met this man when I was 19 years old down at the University of North Alabama in a random meeting. And I was, I was living in an apartment complex at the time. I was a freshman down there in college, and I rolled into the parking lot one day, and I, 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 had, I came in on a Sunday night, and there was an FLW going on on Wheeler Lake, which for those of you that don't know, it's about an hour from Florence to Wheeler. So 
I was surprised to see at my apartment complex that there were bass boats there. Ranger bass boats. And I just said, man, I bet those guys are fishing the FLW, man. I, I am full on in, you know, fishing BFLs and fishing the Bassmaster Opens myself. And I, I saw a man walk out and he was the next day and he was uh, getting in a vehicle, pulling an empty Ranger trailer. I wheeled in there because I'm never, I'm never bashful. Y'all know that. I rolled down the window and I introduced myself. I said, hey, man. Are you guys here for the FLW? He said, yes, we are. My son's fishing it. I said, what? Oh, man, who, who's your son? He said, uh, Anthony Gagliardi. And my name's Mike. He invited me over for supper that night. And uh, a friendship was was made that uh, has lasted many years, many, many years between me and Anthony through a lot of things and uh, families and families growing and families changing. And uh, I got that news that uh, Big G has left us. And uh, he, he went with Anthony to every tournament that Anthony ever fished, just about. Just about every single FLW, he was a fixture on the FLW Tour. A fixture. And a fixture on the Bass Pro Tour. Anthony's, you know, now competing in his second year there. Uh, he was... <laughs> he was one of the best men that, I, I, that I'll ever know. Short of my own father. He, he was... In the moments that I got to spend with him over the years, we laughed. We always ate good. Uh, he always knew where every every great restaurant, every great spot in America was. He he knew it, man. He had spent years traveling as a salesman, and he knew all these places. And it was always so much fun because he was going to eat good. Big G, and that's what we called him, Big G. But Big G was always going to eat good. But he was always the, one of the most welcoming men, you know, always going to greet you with a hug, a smile. So excited every time you, hey, man, every time you saw him, it was the same, man. Every single time. And I'll be honest with you, I, I can't imagine a world without him. And I know Anthony and, and his lovely wife, Kristen, and their awesome kids and Anthony's sister. I, I know, I know they can't either. Uh, but I wanted to talk about that because it's real important to me. And, uh, he, he was, he was such a special man, Mike Gagliard. He, he was such a special man. You, you catch him on a bait in a tournament, he'd drive to every bait shop within a hundred miles while you were out there practicing to make sure you had enough for the tournament. <laughs> Never say a word. Just ask you. He loved he loved movies and TV. I, I'm a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff. And he loved movies and TV more than I did. And and uh, you hanging out at their house in South Carolina for years. He used to go out there a ton. And he had this big 500 disc DVD player. <laughs> it was insane back in the day. And he would buy new movies like two new DVDs every Tuesday when they came until he filled it up. And, and and he was always, hey, hey, Luke, 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 have you seen this? 
Luke, have you seen this? And he's always putting in a new movie. And he was the same with TV shows, man. We're on the road, Netflix. He was always on something. And a lot of, and our tastes were very, very similar. And uh, man, we sat around for hours watching Breaking Bad and and uh, all kind of stuff. Man, he always had he always had the best outlook on things. And uh, he loved loved all those things. Loved fishing. But I can tell you right now that he loved his family more than he loved anything. And It'll be greatly missed. So y'all keep the Gagliardis in your in your prayers. They're very good people, and uh, we lost a we lost a damn giant with him for sure. So, all right, moving on, moving on. It's hard to it's hard moving on, and I and and y'all know I. I say it all the time, this is therapeutic for me to get to come on here and talk. Um, I've done it with my own loss, personal, very personal losses in my own family between my mother and my, and my grandfather. And uh, I know what Anthony's going through for dang sure. So just definitely want to uh, pay my respects right here on LBL because Big G definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely liked the chaos that this little show stirs up. <laughs> From time to time. <laughs> oh me. Give me a long guy, give me a drink of some y'all sweet tea right here now. Okay, moving on. Moving on. I'm gonna check on our guest here. All right, we're almost ready. So I wanna say a huge congrats moving on in the in the fishing world a huge congrats announced last night on Ike Live by yours truly hope y'all got to see that Mr. Fat Cat Newton joining me on MPFL John and me it's going to be the on-the-water analyst and one of the co-hosts. I couldn't be more pumped about that. He's not only hilarious, the guy is he's a very smart dude, very good guy, and uh, he is going to take us to the next level. He and I have a great relationship, and I think that it's only going to continue to grow, and I think we're going to do uh, good things, good things on the air. I can't wait. Uh, gonna be some more announcements coming soon, but that's a that's a biggie, a, a biggie. No pun intended, Fat Cat. No pun intended, Bobby. Fat Cat Newton added to the National Professional Fishing League broadcasting. We're gonna have fun. If anything else, I've said this on here. If we don't do anything else, we're gonna have a dang good time. <laughs> We're gonna have a dang good time, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be worth tuning in. Trust me when I tell you, it's gonna be worth it. We're gonna have fun. Thank y'all for all the comments on that that continue to come in. The uh, congratulations out there, the very kind words that you're throwing my way. Be sure to drop them in on old Fat Cat now. 
And we're going to get Fat Cat on for next week's show. See what he thinks about all this craziness with the NPFL, baby. Getting closer. Getting closer. It's, it's, uh, I have an NPFL email address now. It, that, it doesn't get any more official than that, guys. Can't wait. March can't get here soon enough. Can't wait. Moving on, FLW title. Luke, did you say the Force World Cup? No, I said FLW title championship because the Forest Wood Cup doesn't exist anymore, but this replaced it. Lots of uh, mixed feelings on this tournament this week. I, congratulations, first of all, to Rusty Salwiski. I probably butchered that. I've been practicing it all day. I don't know Rusty that well. He's a West Coast guy. I like, I like a lot of those West Coast guys. And uh, he called them, man. Called them all week in this deal. You know, new format, all that. I, I, I was really intrigued by... And I said this last week, how those guys were going to handle that format because it's just uh, it's just so different from a five-fish format. You know, we've talked to guys like Justin Lucas and uh, we've talked to guys like Dudley on here. Going to send a text real quick. And how they had to change, you know, their mindset, their practices, different things. So... I was really intrigued to see how a lot of the guys handled it. And, man, that you know, like Joey Swintes went off in those qualifying rounds. Kurt Mitchell went off in those qualifying rounds, catching over 100 pounds two days. I mean, they they really uh, burned it up. And it's interesting to see because in five-fish deals, you're not trying to catch 100. So it's it's definitely, definitely uh, different. You know, couldn't have been on a better body of water to get your first experience. You know, a lot of smallmouth, a lot of bites to be had. I unfortunately I, I didn't watch much of it. I like I said I was I was deer hunting. I, I checked the score tracker to see how my buddies were doing. To check on old John Cox, no practice Cox, which was the story of the week. That was the story of the week to me. No offense to Rusty or anybody else, but John leaving the Bassmaster Elite Series, going to this championship, leading his round after day one on no practice was the story of the week to me. And then coming in third overall. We get to talk to him about it here in just a few minutes. Spoiler alert. Um, it didn't have that, and I want to ask him about this, because I have fished the Forestwood Cup. I have been to numerous Forestwood Cups, and this year would have been different because of the pandemic anyway. So I want to I want to start by saying that. It would have been it, the cup would have been had the cup been scheduled like who knows it would have just been different. It may have had to have been a, an event like this was anyways, right? So it's not fair to judge that. So I'm I, I'm not judging that, but it just had a different feel from a coverage standpoint to just you know like I said no cup the wrestling belt as a trophy felt cheap to me. Still pay two hundred grand. I bet Rusty's not complaining about that. At all. He beat a lot of great fishermen to win that event and really had to catch more than he probably would have ever had to catch in a five-fish deal. Like, it's crazy. You know, it's drama. I, I will give him that. Like, it's drama. So, it just, but it just, for me, the cup is like that crown jewel. And and I was talking to another former uh, a cup champ which John Cox is, but I was talking to another former cup champ. You know, we talked to Dudley last week, and he felt like it was a little different. 
I'm going to get John's take. He actually competed in it, so who better? I can sit here and armchair quarterback it to death, but who better to talk about it than John? But it did feel different. It just felt different. Now, I will say, in the moments that I got to watch, I got to watch some coverage. It was on Major League Fishing's website, which for me is a little confusing because it's an FLW tournament, and I know they own them, but all of that is very confusing. It's very confusing. Been on FLW Live all year. Now it's on Major League Fishing. But I will say, I felt like in the in the moments, and I did not get to watch much, but in the moments I got to watch, the guys were prepared. They presented the FLW guys in a really good light. And for that, I, I give them a thumbs up, two thumbs up, like they presented them. Uh, and I mean, and what I mean by that is, you know, they spent a lot of time prepping for the BPT guys, and we all know M- Marty loves the BPT guys as much as he loves to drink water. But it, they they really dug in. They 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 gave the guys great coverage in the times that I got to see it, and in the video clips and stuff that popped up on social. So I, I, my hats off to them for that. Uh, the only negative from the broadcast for me would be uh, that that Chad guy dresses like he's uh, an attorney presenting a murder case, <laughs> and it's bass fishing, bro. I mean. When you're talking about topwater jigs now, I mean, I guess you most would assume when you say in topwater jig that you're wearing a, a dang, you know, 10-piece suit. But my man dresses, he's fly. He's fly. I actually text the guys from NPFL and said, if I ever have to dress like this on camera, just go ahead and uh, rip the contract up, boys. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I don't know, man. My, I, I'm just not, a, obviously, a snazzy dresser, but I just feel like you can also overdress your, uh, you can outdress your audience or your, you know, your customer at times. And I think that uh, Marty was in a 10-piece suit, JT, just just doing the damn thing, wearing his, wearing his fishing shirt. And uh, I, think, I think they would be hard-pressed to get JT in a suit. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think JT would enjoy that. He's he's not a, a stuffy dude <laughs> by any means. But I, and, and I'll say this, man. I think I mean that Chad dude's a pro. You can tell he's been in TV a long time. But uh, the suit, man, and it was like this vest, drill jazzy vesty thing, man. He was he was ready to go, boy. That was like the first morning I turned. On, I was like, what are we doing? What are you doing? <laughs> But yeah, I thought the uh, I thought the coverage for and I've always said that you know the BPT coverage is good uh, for the most part, and I think that that replacing the cup with this, but then taking that up a notch was good for the FLW guys. You know what does that mean? I don't know. I'm hearing rumblings that even if you that that only five guys may leave the BPT next year instead of ten. They're trying to change that. They're trying to shrink the field of the FLW tour. Of course, BPT guys are going to be allowed to fish FLW Tour next year. There's a lot going on with that whole organization. So I don't even know what it means to fish it anymore, to be honest. You know, I know what some of those younger guys and and guys are trying to make that top 10 to make it, but now I'm hearing it could be five, and only five guys are going to drop, which big surprise there because there are some owners in the top, in the bottom 10. And I feel like there are some guys that don't want to leave if they, you know, if they get bumped. And I don't blame them for that. So, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be really interesting to see next year on BPT how many guys come back, who all comes back, who goes to Bass, 
who fishes MPFL, ding, who fishes whatever, who goes back to FLW. I don't know. I mean, there's lots of rumblings right now, and everybody will change their mind a hundred times between now and then. But uh, it's definitely a confusing time in that organization. I feel like definitely a confusing time, to say the least. Uh, big shout out to my dude Joey Schwintes. Schwintes, very jazzy last name, and he knows that Joey C. As he is in my phone, Joey C. Because I wasn't about to top Schwintes because I would jack it up. Joey Fuentes, cowboy hat wearing sucker. I actually told him I only tuned in the first day when I saw he was doing well to see if his cowboy hat would blow off <laughs> in Sturgeon Bay waves. Uh, Kurt Mitchell, Gray Buck, catching them up, man. Uh, a lot of guys called him up there, and Tyler Woolcott. There, there was some, you know, the usual suspects that catch them. Called him up and and uh, Matt Becker. There's a lot of talent over there, man. A lot of talent, and I hope that uh, um, I hope that it doesn't come down to uh, you know they're lost, so to speak, in a couple years. That's what I hope. I hope, if that makes sense. I hope that uh, it's all you know them staying with that league and really really working on things, I hope that um, that they don't get lost in the shuffle because not enough guys, you know, not enough guys fall out of BPT and then you're just in FLW forever, but you think you're, you know, you think you're going on to the next thing. And five spots is not that many every year, you know. Uh, and that means five fall out of it. So you don't have much chance to slip in that deal. So we'll see. It's all changing constantly. It's all changing constantly. But congrats to Rusty on a great week. Winning 200K. If y'all just saw me reach over there and hit that. Uh, I've actually got a, 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 I traded with Harper. <laughs> she had a really good camera. I hated one of the cameras I bought. And I actually, uh, I'd reached my max recording time for some reason. And I started over because I really like this camera. So I'm glad I had two cameras running. Right there. If that's what y'all are wondering, what in the heck I was doing. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is a good one. He is the newest smallmouth guru in the United States. Hey, man. John Cox! (laughs) What's up, buddy? Oh, my gosh. We are leaving the land of the smallmouth right now. I, you know what? I bet them smallmouth are ready for you to go. <laughs> They're ready for you to take your flat nose worms and minnows and your spinning rods and go back somewhere else. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, I'm a little sad, but, uh, you know, I'm also slightly burned out with it. So, Dude, so I can't it – is, it is a lot of the same, right? I mean, I don't, I don't mean that in a negative way because I, right. I get – I see comments when I talk about smallmouth tournaments or, or, you know, how great they are. A lot of people in the comments are like, they're so boring. I hate smallmouth right. tournaments. And, well, and you know, like I know, smallmouth tournaments are anything but boring when you're in them. Right. Right? right. Yeah, when you're in them, catch them, it's a blast. I just – I thought that for a lot of guys, uh, you know, watching the live. Uh, how it was back to back. And like, you probably never saw me make an overhand cast <laughs> in the last five weeks, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then not even, and that, that was, that was what was cool on the, uh, the second day of the tournament, you know, 
running up those creeks and stuff because like I picked up my bait caster for the first time in like six weeks and I was like casting into the trees and throwing <laughs> up in the grass. I was gonna like, ask, were you very accurate? <laughs> oh yeah. My guys, they both my uh my cameraman and my marshal looked at each other a couple times and they were like, Wow, you're really bad with a bait caster <laughs> and I was like, guys, I was like, I haven't you know I just it's been a while. It, it, it is funny how that works too, man, because it does, even for the best casters around, and you're certainly one of those guys that's a great shallow water target fisherman, it's it's different, man. It it's, really was. And even the, the timing of the hook set and stuff was just, it was just, you know, <laughs> I've been so used to just trying to pull it tight or, you know, and it, and that's just, I don't know. It was just, uh, it was a disaster that day. So how far is it from Sturgeon Bay to your home in Florida with the bass that eat ham biscuits. Jeez. Oh, I, I think it was 20 hours, 23 hours. Oh my gosh. And, uh, I think we have 22 and a half left. No, I don't, I don't know. We've been driving all day. So you got the, you got the crew with you, you got the girls oh, with yeah. you. And I have to yeah. say, dude, one of the best moments of this entire time, my wife actually screenshot it and sent it to me was them standing on that freaking bridge with us. I do that. That was, I just saw a picture of that was so cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, not even, I didn't think that there was a sidewalk up there, but I thought here they bridge and we're standing on it, holding signs. I was like, I don't know if it's safe up there. <laughs> so <laughs> you're down here trying to win 200 grand and you're worried about them just jaywalking. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, they're, they're really trying to get out of here. <laughs> But uh, it was cool, especially, like, where we got to finish up on that point. Um, and they were able to stand right there. And, uh, you know, and, I mean, they, and they were like, I mean, I could cast to them and hit them, you know, when I was catching them. And we got that little flurry of fish and started catching them. So that was that's that's awesome, really man. the whole tournament. It, it was exciting. So. That, that's awesome. Did, did they come up for St. Clair? I, well, that's right. I saw them on state. So did they go from St. Clair with you over to Sturgeon Bay? Yeah, yeah. They came up. Uh, they flew up right at the end of St. Clair because uh, we had to leave straight from there. And uh, and drive through the night to get there the next day because we didn't know if I was going to be Group A or B, so they came up just in case, uh, in case we had to like you know get through the whole night to get there uh, to take off in the morning. But luckily we had Group B, so we just kind of uh, got there late that uh, Monday and got rolling. I was legit. I was talking to Darian when I saw the group postings, and I was like, "Yeah, uh, John's going to catch them because now he's got a day just to rest." <laughs> Because, I mean, I think you would have caught them regardless, but I was like, dude, if you had to have gone from just putting it all out there on the line, leading that thing for three days, and we're going to get to that, but but right. and then take off over there and just show up, fish a new format, a place you've never been to, like that would have been – I can't even imagine the pressure. And you don't feel pressure like a lot of guys do, I don't feel like. I feel like you handle no, it very well. Right. I, well, deep down inside, I'm like dying inside, or like you know, <laughs> having a mild heart attack. Are you really? Outside. Is that yeah, real? I mean, yeah. Well, it just depends. So, like the first day, it, it was the most predators because here they got. You know, I go to my first spot and they got the drone on me. They got the camera in my boat. I'm like, guys, I've never even seen this place. Like, I mean, that was pressure. Like they were like, yeah, oh, okay, just start catching them, you know. And I, I had no idea. So, like, I mean, after I made four stops and then had a bite. I was in dead last and everybody's catching fish. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then we landed on them and it was just like, it was mind blowing. It was like this. Game. I was like, and I mean, I was, 
every time I set the hook, I'm like, this can't be, you know? And they're like fours and fives. So crazy, dude. I, yeah. I just got to say, I didn't get to watch a ton. I saw the score tracker that day, and I'm like, of course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> so no, no practice. Talk about, for the people, and you'll get asked this 50 times on 50 shows this week, I'm sure, but talk about, like, how did you decide – and I know, like, that shipping channel area where you were at, like, apparently had a lot of fish in it, looked like. But how did right. you decide? Were you just going, hey, man, I'm going to fish somewhere close? I, I mean, did you do research at all? What I mean, how did you come up with that? So what really set it off was uh, the St. Clair tournament the week before. You know, okay. Like, I tried to fish out in the lake, and there was just, like, each little area of grass out there would have, like, 20 to 30 boats on. Right. And I just, I just couldn't do it. I'm like, I'm not doing that. So I'm like, I'm going to go in the river. And I went in the river and there was nobody. So it was kind of like, you know, and then I just like fished in it every day, caught a lot of fish. Um, so when I was heading to Sturgeon Bay, I, I was like, you know, I was like, where, where is there a river or some current? And then I'm thinking, well, maybe there's current that shoots through the shipping canal, you know, and, uh, you know, cause I didn't really understand how that played works. So I'm looking on the map and I'm like, well, that looks like, you know, it's kind of similar things, sea walls and current yeah. stuff. And, uh, so I went straight there when I got there, there was no flow. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> like, I'm like, how's there not water flowing through here, you know? And uh and then it was crazy. It was all wind wind driven, you know. Okay. Like once, you know, once it finally you know, my last stop before I was gonna call Melissa and tell her to hey, uh, I wanna load up and go somewhere else, uh, I stopped and the wind started blowing and the current started rolling through there and it was like every throw. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it was just. But it's all uh, all wind driven then. Yeah, that that part's all wind driven. You know, so that's was, crazy, uh, man. And yeah, it, it positions really, them. It was, you know, it really did, and it and it and it and it would change. It would, it would go one direction for uh, an hour or so, then it would go slack, and it would go the other direction. For it was almost like a tide, a tide kind of. That's deal. what I was gonna say. It sounds yeah, tidal. And, and it, yeah, and it was, and it was like uh, it was unbelievable. It was like nothing I ever. Uh, experience would the fish reset i mean they set up basically on the same places but would you i mean obviously your drift would change because i fish a lot of you right. know fish a lot of current on the tennessee river but right. would they would they reposition when it would oh, shift the other way oh they they would swim hundreds of yards away wow okay get on, yeah like they would move um so i mean that was the deal like kurt mitchell uh hammered the first day and uh and everybody was looking at me funny when i came in the next day like they knew something I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then come to find out, you know, we were 500 yards apart. It's in the crazy. Same area, you know, and it was just the current was going uh, the, the one way when he caught him. And then when I caught him, it went the other way. And that same group of fish swam down, you know, the 500 yards and set up. Where Unreal. I was. Yeah. So it was just, it was, it was pretty nuts. I mean, it was, uh, you know, <laughs> it was, it was crazy. What it, so. Talk about this, like 2016, you win the cup, and I, I, I was fortunate enough, I didn't make the cup on my home lake that year, of course, but uh, I was fortunate enough, I actually, I was one of the first, I was in the boat, and I know you remember this, but I was doing On the Water with FLW, and, and they sent me on a mission to find you. They're like, look, right. we're pinging, he's way back in this creek, go find him, so me and my camera boat driver and a cameraman, we found you, and you're actually calling, but that event, man... I remember the drama and just the – it was a close, really close tournament, tough tournament right. like most of the Cups right. were. How does this – the Cups gone now, this replaced it. How did the week feel for you from like a championship? Did it feel like a Cup to you, like that same feel, or did it feel like – I don't want to say just a regular tournament because it's not that, but I'm saying did it did it have any – I don't know. Did you get the same jitters you would at the Cup, or do you yeah. kind of get the same at every tournament? 
Yeah, you know, there was, there was, I have to admit, there was something uh, special kind of going on with everybody. Everybody was really, uh, everybody was really nervous. I mean, I was nervous even the first day, and uh, and even throughout the tournament, it was it was really weird. Something with the way uh, knowing what the other guys have and know they're catching them and knowing how close you are to making that uh, that cut, like even in that third round or whatever, after we lost all our weight and we started over, um, you know, I was bouncing back and forth between 11th and 10th. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, like, I mean, it was like, there was points where, like, I wasn't even letting my drop shot get to the bottom <laughs> because, I, you know, I was already trying to make another throw. And, uh, boy, it really messes with you. And uh, I can imagine. And it was. I mean, and I don't know if it was because it was that different format and something I wasn't used to, and that, that's why it was so intense um, and exciting. Um, or if it, or if it was, you know, it, I mean, it was. It was. I mean, we were fishing for a lot of money, and uh, definitely, the whole, yeah. Uh, and the whole thing starting over. I mean, I'd hate to be the guy that has all the weight. Oh and, my gosh, man! Yeah. You know, and lose all your weight and starting over. But us just squeezing in there. I mean, I, I was pumped going out that last day. I was like, gosh, if we land on them. You know, this yeah, everybody's got a chance. And I, and that's what's yeah. crazy about how they do things with that format is truly you're not out of it. Uh, no. Uh, you know, especially on the, last, yeah. on the last day on a fishery like that. But I was the, I, the only thing I was really bummed about, the main thing was, you know, in their BPT deals, if you win your qualifying round or whatever, you go to the top ten. I thought this right. would be the same way, right? So Joey yeah. Swintes catches a billion, and then it just right. started all. And I text Joey and I said, "Hey man, good job." And he's like, "Yeah, I think I caught too many though." And I was like, "I was thinking, well, that doesn't even matter. You get to fish the top well, ten, but then he had to fish well, again the next day." I know. I was so like, "Ugh." I, I know. So I, I thought it was supposed to be like that too, because. I mean, what they did, they just kind of blended both rules. So it was just, uh, okay. you know, it was a little bit different. But uh, I thought the same thing. <laughs> oh, man, you want to win. No doubt. You know, so you don't have to go to that knockout round. And uh, and then when that was that wasn't the deal, then we just went, you know, that second day, we just went. Did you run. did you know that going in to the first I, day, or did you find no, that out? No, oh, gotcha. I, I found that out going into the second so day. So you're like kind of like the second day, you're like, eh, as long as I'm, yeah. in, the, as long as I'm in the cut, I'm okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, well, guys, get in the truck, and we're allowed to trailer anywhere. So we, we drove an hour and a half to the other side of the lake and started dumping in at these uh, these spillways. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I've never seen any of them before. So, like, I get I got to the first one, and there's, like, signs on it. Can't get anywhere near it. And we're, like, all bummed <laughs> out. I'm like, oh. And then we went to the next one and caught some, and it was really cool. And I, like, completely sheared off the troll motor prop. I and, saw uh, that. I mean, it was just, yeah, I mean, it was exciting. And the last place we dumped in, like dumped in and then there was like pretty much like a waterfall the boat was getting ready to go over and i was like this is a bad <laughs> and we just gave up on that but uh, i think if that's was, how it, your tournament ended john john ladies and gentlemen this just in john cox has gone over a waterfall i don't think anybody would be surprised <laughs> he trimmed up his atlas jack plate and went over a waterfall we're not sure where he's at right now <laughs> yeah yeah oh, oh it's amazing dude do you think that you're uh I mean, you're rocking this mullet now, and I am too. Right. And I feel like mine's given me kind of some special powers. Like I feel, I feel, you know, kind of like a badass a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's just it's a it's a very nice gentleman's haircut. Is Theo Vaughn one of my favorite comedians? He describes a mullet as a very nice gentleman's haircut. So right. Gerald Swindle gives you a mullet. Do you think because up north, I mean, we see the guys fighter, you know. These Midwest right. guys, they do rock the boat. Do you think that that's where this newfound Smalley 
you know, sniper in you came from? Like you, the I, mullet I, gave you that? I'm not, not going to lie. When Swindle <laughs> said he was going to cut my hair uh, and he pulled out them, uh, you know, double A battery, you know, beard shaver <laughs> trimmer and started cutting my hair, I, I was very skeptical about the whole thing. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. That next day I went out. Uh, I didn't miss any. I didn't, I didn't miss a fish. Uh, I felt good. I felt like I made good decisions. And running down the lake, man, it just feels amazing. With the wind blowing through it. And, uh, I loved that post more than any yeah. post has ever been made. I was like, this is this is the content I'm here for. And, and they count like on Bass Live, it's flowing out of your hat. ESPN too. I got to watch a lot that week at St. Clair, and dude, they're just constantly making comments about it. I'm like, it's probably why he's catching them. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, it, it was like. It was like turning a new page and starting over fresh with it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have this, I, I, you know, I was going to cut it. Uh, now the whole the smallmouth stuff's over, but, uh, no, no, dude, you're I going to Santee Cooper. You don't think a mullet will look good at Santee Cooper? Come I on. Think, I, I think I'll fit right in. Dude, you're going through them <laughs> cypress trees, that thing flowing in the, think about how long it's going to be by Santee, yeah. dude. It's just going to be I, I, like, so like I, a majestic Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't cut it since, uh, I think the third week of December. So it's it's just uh, third week of December. Yeah, man, I wanna I wanna make it all year. But that's about where I'm at too. I'll make you a deal right here on Low Budget Live. I won't cut mine. You don't cut yours. Okay. Mullet Brotherhood, right here, because I ain't planning on cutting mine. I got this new commentating gig with the MPFL. I'm not sure if they're gonna have a uh, you know they're gonna tell me I need a haircut. I'm really not sure. That might break the deal. I don't know. I've signed a contract. I've signed a damn contract, and it didn't say anything in there that I had to have a haircut. Right, right. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. They hired me for me. We'll see. Uh, so <laughs> I want to ask you this. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. So you got, you're an elite series dude now. You're an FLW guy. The MPFL popped up. I mean, you're going to fish all three next year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gosh, man, I don't know. I mean, it all depends on how the schedule play out. If it's possible, we might make it Okay, out. I was going to say, serious question. Would you fish more professional events if the schedule allowed it? Would you fish more? Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, I'm going, I'm doing a lot right now. But, yes, you are. Uh, but I mean, I think I would, I mean, I think I have a, at least, uh, you know, a few more good years where I could probably handle that. Uh, but, uh, okay. That y'all heard it here. Yeah, I don't know. My man would fish more tournaments if he could. I feel I feel like you would just knowing you. I feel like you'd fish you'd fish one every week within reason if you could. Right. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I it just to stay on top. I mean, I don't like. I think I have three weeks coming off, and I mean that's great. And uh, but I mean I'll still be fishing in those three. Of weeks. course. You know, it's not like I'm not, not going to like lay my stuff down. And I know some guys just like oh I need a break from it because um, I, I want to you know I want to do well in those. So I'm gonna. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna keep fishing. So I mean, if there was other tournaments in there, it's just it's it's hard to practice the tournament scenario without being in. That's a fact. That is a you fact. Know? And in yeah. Florida, where you're at, unless you're bouncing around and gonna go travel and pre-fish or something, I mean, Florida is pretty. I won't say one-trick pony, but it's a lot of the same kind of fishing. It's great fishing. It's amazing right. fishing. But you don't see those scenarios in right. a lot of other places. So you're just right. yeah, you're 100%. just using the same techniques a lot down there. Uh, so right. you're. You're 32nd in the points with bass right now. How right. bad are you wanting to get back to the classic? Oh, geez. I mean, that, that's, 
you know, after those two awful finishes in New York and like that, that's like one of my most favorite places to go visit fish, you know, is in New York and to do so awful in those tournaments. Uh, you know, I was just like, I, I have to get it together. So when we leave and we had a week off in between there and the kids came up and they're like, dad, you kind of sucked last week. And I was like, I <laughs> they're like, they're like, we better go practice. So me and Melissa and the girls, we just, I mean, we went, we went hard for like a week. We went to like Ontario for a day and then, uh, went over to Buffalo for a little bit. And like, we, we were just, you know, that's awesome, man. You know, all day long. And that, that really got me dialed in. Uh, I feel like when I went to St. Clair, you know, Oh, no, and no doubt, dude. And I think, and of course we're all laughing about, it. I mean, dude, you're, you're one of the most amazing anglers in the country. You're having yet another other, other than like Jacob and Jordan, you're having the best year in the right. sport that anybody's right. having. And, and everybody's like making this big deal out of you catching smallmouth. You pretty much catch fish every freaking where you go, whether it's spot, smallmouth, whatever. But did it surprise you that you were leading that Bassmaster with a chance to win on St. Clair in a primarily smallmouth dominated uh, event? Was that a surprise to you? Yeah, I, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, I was catching them pretty good, but yeah, you I, were. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, during the practice, was, it was okay. But, um, you know, I don't know what it was, but it was just, it was. I kind of went away from uh, how I've smallmouth fished before, but kind of like, you know, I try to get out there in open water and chase them around and stuff. And, and, uh, and I just, I kind of, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it felt. Like even the ones I felt found out in the lake, I was like, I just didn't like being uh, not near the bank. Um, and then when I started fishing closer to the shore, I was like, okay, this is more, uh, you know, this is more like it. So, well, well and, uh, and you can't do that every time you go to those places. And a lot of people get no, overwhelmed right. by that, the big water, but I loved, right. I loved your technique. <laughs> I loved right. your, I, mean, well, I was so, like, that looked fun. Yeah. I mean, the only reason it really worked, uh, so well was, uh, everything was flooded. I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't even realize, I mean, at St. Clair, I knew everything was flooded because like it was, there was like houses in the water, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, when I got to Sturgeon Bay, um, I, I didn't know, you know, I've never seen it before. I didn't really realize where the water was. Um, but then, you know, the more I fished it and stuff and I was like, you know what? I, I think it's, I think it's pretty high here. And it, and it was, it was a lot higher than normal. And, uh, I just think that's why, uh, you know, both tournaments went so well is that higher water, you know? Oh, it's, it, it was fun to watch, dude. I'm, I'm, you know me, I, I'm a, I'm a big John Cox believer and fan. And I've always, I've always <laughs> like considered, I've, I've been fortunate to consider you a friend for a long time now and you're a good dude. And I think truly, and I, and, and I know you're, you're a humble guy, but I mean, you gotta like your chances with the way this schedule has been rescheduled in bass, where oh, those yeah. last tournaments are headed that kind of, I mean, yeah, you're a great spawn fisherman, but dude, coming back to the fall, I mean, what are you, <laughs> what are you thinking? I mean, you, oh, I, I mean, you pumped. I mean, because those are going, those are going to be. Don't, don't. If you're listening to this and you don't realize, the Tennessee River in the fall, Gunnersville will be a tough event, and by tough, right. I mean a from a weight standpoint. Chickamauga right. will be a tougher event right. than right. than what you guys are accustomed to seeing. Santee Cooper, they'll all be. Right. The fall's a tough time of year, but right. I, I mean, you should be able to do your thing, though, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, uh, it was just amazing how everything kind of worked out. And I was able to make it to everything this year, no doubt. Know? And uh, I mean, it was just crazy how it fell into place. So even, you know, looking at this, you know, the last bit of the Bassmaster Elites, I mean, it, it's insane. I mean, I, uh, I, I think we're gonna we're starting off at Gunnersville, and then we've got three back to back, which. Uh, 
that's going to, you know, hopefully we'll be, um, you know, in good shape by the last one. But, um, I mean, we're going to go Gunnersville, Santee, Chick, and then Ford. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Man. I mean, yeah, I mean, those are just like, those great places to go. And, uh, and like you said, I think they are going to be tough. And I mean, I kind of I like when it's like that. And, uh, I mean, I think we're going to see a, a lot of shifting in points too. You know, for gonna, sure, uh, thousand yeah, percent. Yeah, it's going to really change it up. So, and I, I'll say this: you heard it here first, folks. LBL exclusive. <laughs> you will win. John Cox will win another event this year before it's over. <laughs> I don't know. Calling it. I, I'm calling it right here. You didn't think you'd win St. Clair, and you almost did. You didn't think. Listen, you're showing out. You're showing out. So I feel like you started the year before the – he starts the year with a bang. Before the end of the year, he's winning on both trails. I actually said this back in January when we talked, or February. He's winning another one, folks. LBL luck. It's happening. We're calling it. All right, right, buddy. I I hope I'm right, too. I got one more question for you, and then I'm going to let you get back to the girls. And get to rolling south because I, I kept you longer than, than I was going to. But I have so much fun, man. Mullet, hey, mullet brotherhood, I'm finding out, like, it's a special thing. So you never know how long we may talk. Like, yeah, that's right. This could be the longest podcast ever just because our mullets are trying to get to each other right now. They're like, <laughs> right. Uh, so I, 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 I'm, this is a very, to me, this is a hot topic amongst, you know, message boards and comments a lot. But, right. and, and you see this. With a lot of people think, oh man, I gotta have a blah 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 boat to compete. Oh man, I gotta have a blah 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 to compete. You know, must be nice. You see those comments. You must gotta right. have money. Gotta have this. What right. would you say to anybody that feels like their boat holds them back? And you run an extremely nice boat. But what I mean right. by that is, you are restricted by horsepower. Sometimes you're restricted right. by your fuel mine, you know, how far you could get. You make the most of it for sure. But what would right. you say to somebody coming up that's like, man, I've only I've got an 18 foot blah blah blah. What would you say to that person? Oh man, I mean if if you if your boat's holding you back, you don't love it enough to do it. I love you know, it. It's just you know, it's uh gosh man, I remember, you know, so the boat I had uh you know going way back like when my parents would would dump me off at the ramp and I'd go fish the Jumbo Club and stuff. I'd have to call them like an hour later and put it on the trailer to drain the water out of it because it was chilling up so fast. So <laughs> like you, you make it happen if you love it enough, you make it happen. You just go whenever you can and fish hard. And and you that's that's awesome, dude. And you got to make yeah. it fit your style, right? Like you've got to oh, yeah. adapt. Like if you've got a boat, you can run three hundred miles round trip right. ends. Maybe sometimes right. you go practice down there. That's fine. But you've right. got to make the most of. I, I used to fish tournaments out of a sixteen foot. Uh, aluminum boat with a jet drive on it for years right. I, that's what i fished out of and you just figured out like where you could go and where you couldn't go you yeah, know i mean, I mean that's I, just what I, you did exactly i mean i remember when I, I you know had absolutely no money at all and i would get to the tournament and be like well i got 150 bucks to last me all week of gas and i was like you know where i'm gonna practice <laughs> right here right here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i've been there you, know, you, just, you just gotta do it you gotta do it so uh I love that, man. Well, I think that's a – I feel like too many, too many times, like in this day and time, we get – you know, there's always like this big electronics debate. Our electronics going right. too far. Or they're 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 expen- too expensive. Or, right. you know, man, I got to have a 80 – 90 – man, I can't even compete because I don't have a $90,000 boat. And I just think that is it's so silly to look at it that way, you know. And, right. and I understand not everybody, you know, are fortunate enough to be able to do it or, or I'm not I'm not talking bad. I'm just saying – 
don't use it as an excuse. Like, right. just don't use it as an excuse. And I, I've tried to say that to people. And so I, I hope that that resonates with some folks. I appreciate you answering that uh, right. honestly. But, guys, if you're not following John Cox on everything social media, you should. Listen, my man's got a lot of good juju going because he tried to save Walter <laughs> this year. I think that we can. Yeah, 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 we've already had. You've had a big year. You've had a big year. Walter was probably the biggest thing that happened for sure. But uh, he tried to save a ten-pound bass, and it unfortunately R.I.P. Walt. But uh, that gave him some good juju. (laughs) It might have been, man. We still haven't got him back yet, so we're hoping that taxidermy guy that heck yeah, it's okay. I love it, dude. (laughs) I love it, man. Uh, well, buddy, be safe rocking back to the state of Florida and uh, give me a shout. And we, we say this every time, but we got to get together and do some fishing. I'm going oh, yeah, to yeah, come yeah. down your way, if nothing else. Yeah, that'll work. That sounds good. All right, buddy. All right. Be safe right, and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right, All right bud. Talk Thanks, to you John. Soon. Thanks for having me on. See you. John Cox. John Cox. What's not to love about John Cox? Truly. Just. He's just he's just John, man. He does he does what he does. And he does it well. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy to see where his career has gone. And uh and the thing is, truly, like he's talking about those two bad New York events. Like, if he figures out some of those plateaus, peaks and valleys, not plateaus. That was really dumb. Peaks and valleys, you know. Those bad turn. If he ever figures that out, and the consistency, because he's been in the you know top five, top ten points race FLW for so many years. If he ever figures that all the way out, and now he's getting dialed on this smallmouth deal, AOY like is coming. And he, I, I'll say this: this is very f- f- ominous. What he said, foreshadowing. I would say is. The points are going to flip. He's right. And you got these, you got Gunnersville, Santee, Chick, Lake Fork coming up. And I would say the points will look very, very different in the top 10 at the end of the year to crown AOI and Bass versus where they do right now. And from 32nd place, I'd say you better not count him out yet. That's what I'm going to say. You better not count him out yet for AOI because them four events are going to be just like, here you go, right up his alley, man. Gunners will frogging, flipping, chatterbaiting, Santee way back up in the mess, Okeechobee, uh, Chick flipping again, frogging, chatterbaiting, more grass way up creeks. And then Fork will just be an all-out beatdown. So, I don't know, man. Don't count him out yet. Lots of changes coming for the rest of the season. I think I think you'll see Bass back on ESPN, too, some more as well. And I think that's exciting for the whole sport. I do. I think that, uh, you know, ESPN deeming that a good thing, tons of coverage. I think you'll see it in some capacity for the rest of the year. All right, guys, that's it for me for the week. I really appreciate each and every one of y'all listening, watching, commenting. Even if you don't like what I got to do, what I got to say, thank you. Thank you so much for everything, for always being here every Monday. I appreciate you. 
Be sure to, I uh, got a cool video coming out this week from the Redfish trip with the triple threat. You're going to want to see that. It's a very fun one, a very fun one. Be sure to check it out on Thursday. And then next week, part two in the Building Your Own Trophy Bass Lake Lake Teresa update video coming. And, and a podcast with the man himself. We may do a live this week. I said it. We may do a live. Be sure to hug your daggum mama and your daddy. Uh, one more time, thoughts and prayers to the Gagliardis. We'll be thinking about y'all. Going to take y'all out with some Biloxi Blues. From the album 64, Luke Duncan Biloxi Blues. And I will see y'all next time. And a spare Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.